So I actually think there's a lot to be said for when you're thinking about making a career move to not just thinking, oh, I'm going to be a haberdasher or, oh, I'm going to uh, work here as a lawyer, but to actually think, what would the kind of job that I like look like and feel like as an experience? Welcome to the Right Brain Stories podcast, where I'm recording this intro at the Mouth Food Hall and Brewery in Hilbershaw, just outside Amsterdam in the Netherlands. In this episode, I interview Brendan Stoughton, copywriter and singer-songwriter. As a wordsmith and raconteur, an adjective which I'm sure he won't like, although it's very apt, Brendan talks about his recently revived music career, how he got into advertising and challenging orthodoxy by going where others aren't. He's very insightful, so I hope you enjoy this episode, this latest episode of the Right Brain Stories podcast. So, Brendan Staunton, welcome to the Right Brain Stories podcast. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. So, so Brendan, um, do you want to just give us a uh, a brief overview of who you are and what you do and what you've done? Yeah, sure. Um, I um, I was when I after leaving school, uh, I basically played in bands for many years yeah. and uh, that culminated in my 20s in a band called the Dub Chapter which eventually went on and got a record deal uh, and made an album and released a couple of singles um, we didn't quite manage to have the success we wanted and after that I played in a couple of other musical outfits and then um, decided I needed to start earning a living so I switched to another creative life as a copywriter and eventually um, started earning my living doing that, which um, I'm still doing to this day, uh, though I've now gone back <laughs> to making music again in, uh, in the capacity of solo capacity and also with uh, various other musicians that I collaborate with. So, uh, yeah, so my life's come full circle in recent times. Fantastic. I mean, you know, that, that that means that you are well qualified on this quad, on this podcast. You're a sort of guest that we're <laughs> we're looking for, which is great. So, yeah, um in terms of your your current profession as a copywriter, what can you just describe the moment uh, or perhaps the feeling um of when you decided you are definitely going to be a copywriter. Well, it was it was very strange actually. Uh, after being a musician, I had this period where I sort of started regarding music as maybe not enough of a challenge anyway. And I was thinking about writing a book, which of course is the ultimate creative challenge. Yeah. And I was buying these um, regular magazines in the post called Writer Magazine. And uh, one day I was reading it and I saw an ad in the back saying, uh, you can be a copywriter and earn money or something, something like that. And it was the strangest thing. I looked at the ad and I just realized, I, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to send off for the course and maybe it'll be an idea. I actually realized that was what I was going to be doing. I just knew it was just like it was preordained. Yeah, it was really strange. I was working in this sort of slightly dead end job, and I um, bought the course, and the course went very well. In fact, two thirds of the way through the course, uh, 
the guy who runs it told me, you don't need to do any more of these lessons. He said, just get out there and get some business, get some work. Um, uh, so I did, and and that was what I ended up doing. It was the the weird thing was that when I saw the ad, I knew. I just knew. Yeah. I guess I guess when you're about to make a decision that momentous, maybe cause and effect doesn't really apply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just serendipity comes and. Uh you know um blesses you um and, and it's, yeah. it's really interesting because you are actually a career transition person and you know that is almost maybe a new phrase uh these days but a lot of people do start off in one career or the other or a job or the other and decide actually they want to do something a bit different so yeah how did that make you feel in terms of you doing something that was going to be ultimately more fulfilling? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, I, in a sense, I'm making it sound like I went straight from music to copywriting, but actually when I left music, I had to figure out how to earn a living. And uh, that's not so easy. One of the things that I noticed subsequently is that a lot of bands they all find things to do where they don't throw away some of what they learned in the band. You learn, you learn creative skills, uh, being a songwriter, being a musician, you learn how to present because being a lead singer is not that different to presenting a presentation. So a lot of the skills that I had, I, I was still able to use. So there's, a, there's an element to that, that once I'd found this role, what was good about it was it it used some of what I used bef what I had before, and that meant I hadn't wasted all those years learning those skills. They were to some extent reapplied. I mean, I had to take on the world of work, and I didn't know a great deal about it. And you look out into all these jobs, potential jobs. Uh, I even bought a book at one stage saying, you know, listing em jobs that were there and what what you could do and what was paid and how you go about them. I, I actually considered doing a course in um, uh, how to design chairs and things like that mm. more ergonomically. I wanted to study ergonomics. It was an interest of mine. Um, I also, there was a big thing in those days, of like direct mail, you'd get a lot of courses and things through the post saying you can be a millionaire doing this and you can be a millionaire doing that. And of course, I sent off a half a dozen of them and uh, they weren't all as bad as you'd think. But uh, yeah, <laughs> they were mostly a waste of time. Um, but this was just one of those. This was another course that I sent off for. And like I say, it it helped me to make use of some skills I already had and add them to some skills, some new skills. And that gave me that gave me what I was looking for. Mm. Something where, you see, there were a couple of other factors as well that I think might be useful for people who might be listening. One of the things I realized I really hated about the job, the dead-end job that I had, was that I was always in the same place. Uh, so I decided that if I got a new job, I'd probably want to move around. Um, I realized it would need some kind of artistic creativity. It would need some kind of uh, ability to do my own thing, and uh, it would need me to use skills that not just straightforward business skills but more creative skills so i actually think there's a lot to be said for when you're thinking about making a career move 
to not just thinking, oh, I'm going to be a haberdasher or, oh, I'm going to uh, work here as a lawyer, but to actually think, what would the kind of job that I like look like and feel like as an experience mm. and take it from there? That's interesting, yeah, because I think quite often people think about the, the whys and wherefores and the function of the job itself, but not necessarily mm. the sort of experience they want to have on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's, 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 that's really good. So Yeah, I mean, it's just nice moving around. Being a freelance copywriter, you, you go to different offices, you do different jobs, you work with different clients, you learn about different parts of life. These are all things that I like, and they all make the job worthwhile. So, um, so, so, yeah. so for those for those people who um, may be on the fringes of copywriting and might even be treading the same path that you have trod, but don't quite know what to do, do you want to give us an idea about what a copywriter actually does? Because I suppose there's probably different types, but um, I'm making assumptions here. Yeah, well, there are different types, but the basic job is. <clears throat> the basic job is that it is the basic job of advertising. Basically, companies or organizations need to put a message across. If they don't put a message across, nobody knows where they are, nobody knows what they do. And uh, the question then comes down to what is that message and how can that message uh, create the impression that they want to make and open up some of the market to them and get people who might need it to hear about it or buy it. It doesn't matter whether you're, um, whether you sell beer, which I have helped to do, or whether you're the, um, you know, the cancer trust, which I've also worked for, you you still have a message. I mean, there's a famous story that somebody once tried to give away 50 pound notes in the center of town and wasn't able to do it. Uh, there's a lot of distrust out there and there's a really fine art to creating messages, creating uh, campaigns that cut through and get you the customers or get the message out there that you want to, to get out. Now, the copywriter is at the point of using words really there. We, 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 uh, we are the people who write where there is writing to do. But we also tend to work hand in hand with art directors and uh, commercials directors and other more visual people to create ideas that uh, go behind campaigns. So um, they could be slogans or these days it's less about slogans. It tends to be more about creating something that makes a noise. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's the the um, the famous. What's it called? The. the the meerkat, oh, yeah. that's like a property. That used to be a very dry uh, sector of business, you know, comparing sites. They used to be very dull. Um, and then this compare the meerkat thing just blew the whole thing wide open. Suddenly they stood out from everybody else. And people may say, oh, it's a silly idea. It's a childish idea. But suddenly there was only one company uh, that was in that market. And then, of course, Go Compare got that annoying Italian opera singer, and mm. they've now got their little niche. But that's just one example. There are there are many examples, and uh, you have to do it. You can't just say, "Oh, drink this beer; it's good for you. And it'll get you drunk, and you'll be happy." You, you can't do that. You have to operate at a very sophisticated level, and you also have to tell the truth. There's a a book that um, 
a very, very thick book of rules that you have to obey. And uh, if you don't obey them, you can actually get into a lot of trouble. So uh, it's mm. not like people think. There is manipulation, definitely, as there is in every aspect of life. But uh, there shouldn't be outright lies. And, and, and has that, the role that you play, changed over the years in terms of, you know, other mediums, you know, technology, um, you know, Absolutely. It's yeah. become way, way, way more complex. I mean, in the days of Mad Men, those days were long before I was involved, uh, you could write a media plan on the back of a cigarette packet, as they say. <laughs> and literally, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do a TV commercial and we'll stick posters here, here and here. That should do it, you know. People mm. will see the ad on TV during the Super Bowl or maybe during the football, um, whatever football show is on, or maybe when there's a major movie being shown. And then you can maybe just put some posters up on the commute route into town and yeah, maybe a few newspaper ads to keep it going. That was really all there was to it. And then direct mail came and direct mail was very popular because you could you could measure it. That, that was the main thing with direct mail. You generally knew that if you sent out 100,000 leaflets, you would get a percentage return. And if that was, say, 3%, uh, if you'd done your maths properly, you could make a lot of money. And uh, that was big for a while. But, of course, more recently, the, there's been a move towards digital communications and, uh, that, and, and lots of others. Now yeah. they're talking about programmatic and uh, dozens and dozens of other ways now of getting out to the public. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, there are things like sponsorship. There, there are all kinds of ways now of getting your name out. And, um, and they're all important. The thing is, though, that every brand is different and can benefit in different ways. Not every brand is suited to every medium. So you have to figure out how to, um, what's going to work best for that brand. So and then, carry on, sorry. Uh, but that's not done at my stage. That's usually done a stage ahead of me ah. by somebody called a planner. He decides or she decides on what the best mix of media is and what kind of message uh, the, the client wants to put out. And then I will work with the art director to create the ads and the campaign and what we call the collateral, which is all the brochures and other materials that also uh, are usually part of a campaign. So do you find you have, do, do you typically have to employ tactics to ensure that you actually get to a conclusive, um, to a conclusion in terms of the client choosing a project like giving the client options um, or, um, or, 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 you know, somehow making sure that your creative energy isn't wasted and that the client gets frustrated? Well, I, I'm sorry. I, I, that was quite a long question. I couldn't quite get the number of it. Do, do, do you have to give the client options? Do you normally give the client options to make sure your, yeah. your, your yeah, creativity yeah. isn't wasted? Yeah, I mean... Generally speaking, though, what you try and do is you get the client to sign off on the strategy. So let's just say that um, they had these tea bags and they're not very strong. This would be an example for you. They made this tea and it's flavorsome but very weak. And they don't know what to do with it. They've got a ton of it in a, in a warehouse somewhere from uh, Sri Lanka. And they can sell it. It is very tasty but it's just not very strong as tea goes, and we don't know what to do with it, but we think we'd like to sell it. 
Well, the planner will sit there and think about it for a while, and then he might decide, you know what? It's not good to drink tea late at night. Um, what if we sell it as a tea that you can drink before you go to bed? That's what the planner does. So the planner goes to the creatives, and the planner says, okay, this, the, the client has signed off on this. The client agrees that one of the ways we can shift all this tea is by saying it's a tea that you can have before bedtime. No, it's not saying it's a tea that will help you sleep. It's just a tea that will help you, you can have late at night. Then that will come into the creatives, and the creatives will have to think about that idea. And uh, they might come up with any number of ideas. They might, they'll usually come up with three. And the example I always give of a particular, of a particular execution might be that the tea bags, uh, that there's a visual ad that says uh, the tea bags you can, you know, you can go to sleep on and maybe the tea bags are shaped like pillows and you see heads lying on top of the tea bags. That's a typical art director's idea, by the way. <laughs> and uh, that's that would be one idea, maybe. And then there might be another idea about uh, we might call it Zeds and, uh, you know, Zeds, the tea that helps you catch up on your Zeds. Uh, these are kind of silly ideas, but but they'll give you a rough idea of how it works. You know, a lot of the time you'd be surprised what a grubby, unpleasant products you're actually dealing with at an early stage. But by the end, you've created something that might actually have some value for certain people. Mm, mm. That's, that's really good. I mean, it's good to kind of get into a bit more of the creative side of things because that is, uh, you know, some of the things that I think inspire people. Mm. In order to get to that point, are there particular people that in your career as a copywriter that have inspired you or mentored you perhaps yeah i mean i the first guy was obviously the guy around the course because he he uh that, that i originally took a guy called pat quinn he was a copywriter in the 60s and 70s uh, in london and in dublin and he um gave me quite a lot of advice and encouragement um particularly over the phone uh, he's passed away uh long since but uh, he was he was very inspiring very positive and uh, then there was a guy I worked with a guy called Mel Colton who um, I picked up on after about five or ten years not, more like five years actually and um, we worked together a lot and he was ten years more experienced than me and very talented and uh, he gave me a lot of grounding in the business he, he helped me sort of get up to speed with what a copywriter needs to know it was it was like doing a course in a way working with him so closely mm. um i also i like to think i have some natural ability for it i i don't think you can go into this if you don't have some kind of a feeling for words and uh for wordplay and just liking language mm. I, I you know i i i could have people will say well why didn't you become a journalist or why didn't you you know get involved in other kinds of writing but you know to be honest i never really had much of a message in in that i like i like art and i like playing with words but i don't regard myself as somebody that's got a particular mission to uncover this particular thing going on in life you know there's never part of it for me i just like writing so mm, mm, mm. i bring i bring the writing skills obviously i wrote songs i was the lyricist in the band so i brought that whole writing thing into it yeah but i needed to be i needed to be guided by people who were in the business and understood the business and gradually the realities of the business uh opened up to me 
Having said that, I was probably slower than a lot of people because I was freelance. If you work in an agency for six months as a copywriter, you pretty soon get an idea of what's needed. Right, right. So, so what sort of? Um, I mean, you don't, you don't have to mention any brands, but if if you find that's okay, that's you know, as a freelancer, you'd probably be okay. But what sort of um, cool projects or maybe projects that you're most proud of that you've worked on? I, it, yeah, I probably should have prepared for this, but uh, I, I mean, I've worked on. I, I I was mainly focused on. I've got to be honest on making money from this uh, whole business and. Um, one of the things I started to realize was that I needed to be where others weren't. And so I made a conscious decision to move more towards what they call B2B, which is business to business. So I've tended to work more on the business side. Um, you'll get copywriters who usually write little more than short sentences, and uh, they work a lot on the um, commodity side for consumer goods and uh, whether it's Coca-Cola or whether it's uh, toothpaste or whether it's, um, I don't know, um, it, it, anything like that. It's a different skill to me. I've tended to work more for people like uh, KPMG and uh, PwC and Sky and uh, big organizations, helping them um, get their message across. Um, mm. Capgemini, uh Mobile phone companies, uh, yeah. yeah, all kinds of, all kinds of. I mean, I'm currently working with a, an American insurance uh, company that's settling in the UK and trying to establish themselves as a brand here, nice. and that's more typical of what I tend to do. Okay, well, that's good. That's it's good to get an understanding of the of the spectrum of what people could do should they want to be a copywriter. Um, yeah, and and um, okay, and then and then. What about with your songwriting? And I mean, how has that changed now that you've um, gone back into uh, music? And what have you been doing? Well, uh, I had a you know twenty twenty year odd years of of um, songs uh, ideas that were just lying around. They're actually old. I hadn't written many songs recently. I had some old ideas, and I I bought. Um, a logic program, a music programming system. Yeah. And I started to <clears throat> make put them in there, but I also started finding new ideas as well. So I started basically resuscitating the old songs and creating new ones. And um, what I decided to do was work with the producer and he just made me choose the most commercial of each. So the, the album is a mixture of old and new really uh there's not actually much in the middle <laughs> they're all either quite old and i've done a modern version of them or quite new and um i've just yeah just put them all together it's uh it's been very it's been very interesting the the, the good thing that i've brought to it from what i've been doing for the last uh, couple of decades is a uh, more professionalism i guess you know i if i don't like a lyric uh, i i will just write another lyric I might write three different drafts, you know. I, I've got that element to it because, uh, you know, in, in advertising, uh, you have to keep doing it until they're happy. So you frequently have to redraft things. Uh, and I've got used to redrafting things very fast. So, uh, yeah, that, that's one of the main things, really, is the, yeah. uh, the professionalism, I guess. And also, I'm more meticulous. 
everything in a song has to work now, whereas I think I used to be a little bit more slapdash. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, things things benefit things benefit each other. The, all, all creativity uh, is is quite similar in a way. It's a process. You realize that. I mean, I started taking photographs recently, and I've realized that that's a process too. You know, I went out with a couple of photographers on New Year's Day. Uh, one of the guys is a bit of a legend in photography, and he he um you know he had, he had the concepts on all his shots. He was looking for ideas. He was looking for shots that you could go, yeah, that tells me a story. You know, mm. it's. Uh, it was the same thing. It was the same idea. I liked. I liked the idea that creativity is uh, the same basic idea. And I, I go out with my camera when I'm going, and I, I look for ideas. I look for something you'd look at, and you'd go, "Yeah, I, I see what I see. What's in that?" Mm. And and so, so that's that's really good because that kind of crosses over both. You know, whether it's songwriting or uh, copywriting. Um, so, taking a sort of a common theme. Um, across just creativity generally, um, do you have any advice for people who want to be creative or want to express themselves either professionally or as a side hustle? What, what sort of advice would you give to people? Well, I, I think they've got to they've got to get into it. They, it. It can't just be something that they just do occasionally and. And just, uh, well, I mean, if they're a hobbyist, that's fine. But if they actually think that they might be more than a hobbyist, then if they want to change it and make it their career, they've just got to, they've got to do it. In the end, the only way to get better at being a creative is to create. So if you think you're quite a handy snapper, a photographer, take your camera, like go to, Go to a city or go to an event and take pictures and get involved and read up about it and read about the great photographers and watch TV documentaries and just immerse yourself in it. I think immerse, immersion is the main, the main way. And you can even do that if you've got a job, a full-time job. Maybe you're an accountant or you, you're, you're a lawyer and you, it's not really fulfilling you. Well, make sure that you use whatever spare time you have to immerse yourself in your creativity so that you can find out a if you really have got it at the level that you might need and b if you could maybe take it further and cut loose and uh, make the leap yeah it's, it's it's funny how accountants and lawyers get a bad rap on this podcast but uh it's no offense to any accountants and lawyers that we know um but um yeah it's um and and what about just to sort of carrying on that theme about how people get themselves inspired you know what 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 i mean you talked before about going where other people aren't is that is that Mm. part of how people can get themselves inspired or keep inspired well i think it is yeah i I think you've got to find out what you're about and sometimes the best way to do that is to go the places you might go that nobody else goes as Far too many people taking pictures and putting them on Instagram of Big Ben and the Eiffel Tower, you know. <laughs> Do not, we definitely don't need any more of them, you know. I mean, there's just no point. I mean, if you're going to be a photographer, go somewhere different. Go go to a village in India nobody goes to and take pictures there. I mean, you've, you've, got, to, you've, you've got to give yourself a chance. Mm. And you're certainly not going to get a chance if, you, if you're just doing what everybody else is doing. I mean, it, 
it's 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 not like it's all about originality. I mean, a lot of people steal ideas too, but in the end, the work has to has to have a reason for being there. Nobody needs uh, another Picasso. Nobody needs another um, you know another photographer just like David Bailey, do they? I mean, mm, mm. we we already have one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 funny you mentioned about about Big Ben. I just finished working around there, and uh, it's clad in scaffolding and tarpaulin, tarpaulin, and people are still taking photographs of it. You can't even see it, but uh, that's 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 tourism for you. Um, well, that's tourism. You know, you can't really blame them. It's, no. it's tourism, and they're just doing it. It's part of what you do when you're a tourist. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. But I do know people who think they're very fancy. They've got slight airs about themselves who take a thousand pictures of the blooming Eiffel Tower, and I really don't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be honest. It, 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 I mean, it's very beautiful, but I mean, it, it's 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 okay. I mean, the Palace of Westminster is something else, but I think it's just my opinion. But um, I think. Um, it takes some guts for people to actually take a tripod and stand there for an hour or two trying to get the best shot. I, I like that, you know. Um, well, I don't it, mind that. I, I, if they're, they're going to, yeah, if they're trying. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it's, it's, really, it's really important with, the, with art to do what you want to do. Mm. It's just my personal preference is that I've, I, there are some things that I think I've seen from every single angle. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there are part, there are, I, one of the things I'm finding really interesting with my camera is that there are so many parts of London that nobody ever takes pictures of. Mm. I mean, there are just thousands. I mean, for, an, uh, for a photographer with their, their own imagination, they, they'll never run out of ideas because there's absolutely tons of it. Yeah, it's yes. a huge city. You know, there's so many different things here and other cities too. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. one of the most exciting things about it, actually. Yes, yeah, lots of lots of stuff to see and uh, and to document. Um, so we've talked a lot about the ideas um, and how you you know you, you you know how you take in lots of different um, influences. What about when you're working on a project, either your own or or, or with the music or copywriting, when you either feel overwhelmed or slightly unfocused? Or just having a bad day, you know. How what? How do you overcome that? How do you kind of overcome the classic, whether it's writer's block or demotivation as a, as a creative? Well, I I think I think you have to think about why you're not able to do it. Uh, sometimes you're just not temperamentally suited to that type of work. If you're consistently failing to deliver results as I found I was with novel writing, I think possibly you just don't have the temperament. Um, I am much better suited temperamentally to songwriting because it happens in bursts of inspiration. And when I don't have ideas, I can do something else. I can print the lyrics out that I already have. I can mess around with the chord changes or I can mess around with something else. There's always something else you can do with songwriting. Whereas with writing, you basically got to churn out pages and I guess I just yeah so uh, there's a two parts to this there's two parts to this uh, answer the first is if you're persistently failing to do anything it might not be your medium yeah maybe you'd be better off as a photographer uh, but with regard to the other side of things the you are doing it you may be even earning a living at it but you find you're a little uninspired, I say, leave it alone, go away, do something else. You can come back to it. You know, if you're a copywriter and you're not feeling like writing this piece that's been demanded, then 
you know, do your tax, do your um, do your <laughs> invoicing, do your receipts. There's a, there are loads of other aspects of the business, and sometimes just getting something practical done can actually be very good for the creative side. Then the creative side relaxes and yeah. you feel better for having done it. That's really all about managing your emotions though, almost more than it is about your creativity. Mm. If you're a creative, you will create. I mean, that's just how it is. Mm. And if you never create, and if you, you think I, you know, I never seem to produce anything, it may just be that you just, you're just not suited to it. You know, you might be better suited to a different, a different way of life. Mm. So, by the way, I've just, as an interjection, um, my I've set back my other phone call to 8.15, oh, cool. so we've got, so that's fine. Okay, that's um, excellent, yeah. Yeah, so, so Brendan, you, you mentioned, you meant you briefly mentioned about novel writing, and I think you touched on mm. it before, as something that you didn't think you were suited to. Um, yeah. It, is that a, is that the best example that you've got where you've tried something and it's not quite worked out? And and but it but actually it set you up for subsequent success or do you have another um, setback or failure that um, was seminal in moving you in the right direction? No, I think uh, I think it, to be honest, it took me a long time to get over that. I I, I struggled with that for a long time. Mm. It's very hard to get into. It's um, also even if I was good, even if I was able to produce the pages. It's a tough life. Not many people are making money out of it anyway. So, no. uh, you know, not in the UK anyway, maybe mm. more so in the States. Uh, but yeah, because I spent a lot of time writing, trying to write my book, trying to create my magnum opus, <laughs> I actually had become a writer and I'd become somebody who thought about writing. And I saw that advert. So uh, the advert for the course, yeah, that, that set me up really. I, uh, I had a lot of the skills. I, uh, I was ready. Yeah. Mm. I, I didn't give it up, by the way, straight away. I, I still kept on with the idea that I wanted to write a book. I really didn't give that notion up for a long time. But um, I think that's that was a mistake. I should have seen. But you know, when you do things like you go into music, you go into photography, you go into one of the arts, you frequently just don't see things that you will see later on. There's nothing you can do about that. There aren't unless you've been very lucky, you don't often come across mentors who can, who can put you straight on something, you know, mm. and tell you, you know, I mean, sometimes people, they're, they're great dancers, but their body shape isn't quite right. And they'll never hit that target. Yeah. I, I think what you've got to realize, I suppose, is, is there something that you do that you just seem to be able to do a lot better than other people? And when you do it, you just seem to be able to really do it. I, I think that's, that's the real key to the whole thing, mm. you know, about it. Mm. I mean, if, if, if every time you write, if, if somebody ever needs something writing and you do it, even if it's just a, in a birthday card or something, and you're always the one that finds the words, and everybody's going, oh, he's done it again, great, you know. <laughs> or if you're the one that everybody gives the camera to and you always get that shot just right, you know. If you play lots of instruments and music seems to come easy to you, those are the things that you need to look for. Mm. If, if those things are coming easy to you, because I think if they're not coming easy to you, uh, it's it's very hard to be a creative. You, mm. you, you're up against a lot of people who've got a lot of talent, and uh, yeah. you need to be able to do that. You know, I mean, like I know a friend, and he was a he was a joke writer, and he used to turn up at the BBC and help out with their jokes. He was always a funny guy, you know. <laughs> but I read somebody, I read somebody in the paper saying I couldn't believe it when I went to one of those sessions. I couldn't, I couldn't cope. 
they were all so funny. They were all they were all sort of coming up with jokes all the time, and I just sat there and felt like a total lemon. You know, that's that's kind of how it is. Uh, can you get in there? And when you get in there, can you do it? Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people silently foster artistic intentions, and uh, and sometimes, rightly, uh, I, I I didn't I, I didn't really mean to, to to do down office work. It's it's just what people do. Uh, some jobs are well suited to people. I had a friend who was a very passionate accountant. I I, I had also a friend who uh, gave up being a lawyer and became a copywriter, and didn't really like the profession of law, of the law and didn't really enjoy his work, and was so much happier when he was uh, working as a copywriter because it suited him. He he mm-hmm. had that kind of mind. He had a creative. Uh, idea he was also a little bit of a businessman bit of an a bit entrepreneurial and it really suited him that's fantastic yeah don't know if i've answered your question no no (laughs) no no. it's all it's all good it's all good um so kind of rounding up now brendan and um Mm -hmm. quite often a lot of people do kind of take the well-trodden path of going to university um and then obviously some people these days go straight into work or go to apprenticeships if a young person, for instance, is, or actually somebody older, is just about to embark on trying to professionalize their passion or their skill or what they've studied, mm-hmm. what advice would you give to them as they, they're about to enter into the real world? I mean, some artistic... Uh professions require a certain amount of education i mean you can't do it without yeah some kind of uh some kind of program of education if you're an artist a fine artist you want to become an art director or something like that uh yeah you you need a program of of education um there are lots of jobs like that i mean if you want to be a classical musician you have to spend years at learning how to play the instrument want to be a dancer now I don't know much about those because uh, I never was that you know rock music which I was involved in is very much now you get together with your friends and you make music and who cares you know and key of G and that's just about all we know Hmm. Um, I'm one of the other guys in other words I'm one of the guys who didn't have any kind of formal training in anything really and uh, all I can say is if if it needs formal training, then you need to get it. And to be honest, if you want to get into advertising, you really should try and get on some kind of uh, creative media course of some description and get your head around that. Because I, otherwise, I don't know how you do it. Because while you're very young, it's very hard to get a, get a hang of how the business world works. Um, when you get what I am and what I belong to more is the group of people that we get to a certain age we get into you know we turn over towards our 30s and we've never really had a we've never really done anything professional maybe we just played in bands and just worked doing whatever was to be done you know we got jobs as photocopiers or whatever and then we, you get to an age and you think I want to do something meaningful uh, or, or at least uh, something that will pay me decent money and then I think, really, I focused on being a copywriter. It just so happens you don't need really any 
you don't really need any uh, qualifications to do that. And if you've got sufficient business knowledge and you're good at you're good at writing, then go for it. It's just maybe the same with photography in a way. If you've always been good at with your camera, just like I like I said earlier, learn all you can about it. Do whatever courses you can do. Get all the practical uh, in, uh, information that you can. And the the nice thing about I think the late twenties and early thirties is, I think it's your last chance to move ship. Okay. I mean, it's not your last chance, but it's a good chance. If you've if you've maybe spent ten years doing the wrong thing, there is still a window. You've got to work extremely hard. There's no question about that. But the window is still there. You can still learn. You can still change careers. Mm. I think. Mm. And if you've been if you've been frustrated and you've you've found that you went into the profession you went into because because of your father because because you are worried about money because of all these other different reasons and you're finding that your days are meaningless and you're not enjoying them then um, then I think yeah I think if if you've always had a creative uh, you've always had creative urges maybe you want to be an actor maybe you want to be a photographer I think you should you should give it a go um, mm, mm, mm. so like I say that the levels of training are different depending on what what it is um some are very light and some you need an awful lot of very serious training i think all the serious training jo- uh, art gigs are gone by the time you're in your late 20s mm. personally I, mm. you can't be a dancer really much by then you you can't be a really be a much of a classical musician you can be a good very very good uh, classical musician but you won't be a professional mm. but i think there are still plenty of professions you can move into where it's not quite so uh, fixed. You can bring your own ideas. And yeah. You can challenge orthodoxy, and you can uh, you can make money, and you can have a creative life. I still think there are ways you can do that if you've taken the wrong path. That's fantastic. So it's been a really great conversation, Brendan, and thanks for um, just giving us your time. Um, no problem. Just, just finally, where do, where do people find you where, online? Your your music, your copywriting, um, where do people find you? Well, I'm currently working on my copywriting website. My music, I'm, In fact, I'm working on my music website as well. But my, my music website is at brendanstauntonmusic.com. And I think you can just about buy one of my albums there, although it's not quite ready yet, but uh, somebody did the other day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, can actually, <laughs> you can actually buy my music there. Uh, I took down my website. I'm still recon- uh, for, for my copywriting uh, because I've just been too busy to maintain it. Uh, mm. But um, I'm, you know, I'm on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, sooner or later I'll probably put something up to, uh, yeah, to, um, promote promote what i do i i don't know i guess i could leave a phone number or something with this larry if uh, yeah or you could or you, what have or you got have you email got the, address would be better yeah email address would be good and uh or maybe i don't know if you've got still got the same domain name um what are you gonna keep i've still same? got the domain name yeah. but there's not much on it but no, brendan no. at brendanstarton.com is still my uh, email address if somebody wants if somebody wants to promote their business or Fantastic. use a copywriter for any other reason that's brilliant brilliant uh okay brendan um thanks for your time And we'll speak very soon. Thanks a lot, Larry.
Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Right Brain Stories podcast. Please do write your comments and send them to me by whichever means you deem necessary. And let me know if also if there's anybody else you think I should interview, um, especially those people that could inspire creatives not to be afraid, which is the key aim of this podcast. Also, just to whet your appetite, your collective appetite, I will be launching other interviews with inspiring people such as Mark Anderson, open brackets, my brother, close brackets, career specialist and key contributor to the BBC's Bite Size Careers website, who gives the expert view on how to navigate into the career of your choice, and Bianca Best, successful entrepreneur, author, public speaker, mother, and media executive at WPP, at, well, how to juggle it all to your heart's content, literally. Speak to you soon.